Hi, I'm Alexis Ohanian. You may know me as one of the co-founders of Reddit, but more recently, a large part of my identity is being a father to my wonderful daughters. In my podcast, Business Dad, I hope to open the conversation about working parents a bit. You'll get to hear from a wide range of business dads, from Rain Wilson and Guy Raz to Todd Carmichael and Shane Battier, to find out how they balance being a dad with a successful career. Business Dad is available now, so be sure to listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Season 5 of Mother May I Sleep With Podcast. I'm your host, Molly McAleer. picking up a part two of this movie murder in new hampshire it's the pamela smart story and where we are right now is right after greg smart and his dad have won rookie of the year um award together they're the first father and son team right. to ever win this peaks of their career mm-hmm. and we're seeing pam and billy making out at the school in the media center and she asked him if he's done anything yet to make it so that the two of them can be together and he says you know i don't really understand what the issue is why can't you divorce your husband well, let's find out. Forty-five twenty to forty-seven thirty-three. Figured it out yet? What? Do it. Do what? Make it so you and me can be together without Greg. That's. I don't understand why we can't just divorce that guy. He would never leave us alone. He'd follow us around, really. He was only doing this for us, Billy. I mean, I don't know. I thought you loved me. I can't. I do love. What happened? What do you think happened? I told you, he's mean to me. Okay. Well, well, Pam, uh, he hits you, Greg. Greg hits you. Between that and not being able to see you all the time, I don't think I can do this. The bastard, I'll kill myself. You will? I didn't realize how bad things were for you. Pam, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm so sorry. It's okay. Don't worry, I'm not going to make you do this by yourself. I'm going to help you work out the details. The main thing, Billy, is after you kill him, we can be together. Just you and me. For good. That's all that counts. Now, next Tuesday, I have an AOC meeting. And Greg has one of his evening appointments until about 9 o'clock. He gets home like 9.30, 10. Basically, you have to make it look like a burglary. You can take stuff out of the house and everything. And you have to tie your hair back. And wear all black. That way, in case anyone sees you, you can't be identified. I'll come right back here to my office and wait for you to call and tell me what happened. Do you have a gun? No. Can you get one? I don't know. You don't know? Look, are you going to do this or not? Yeah, I'm going to do this. Okay, you guys, I'm you know, how come you're talking about this stuff? You're not really serious, right? Um, yeah, basically, like, when this planning is happening and Cecilia's, like, firing off 
printer paper or whatever she's doing at the yeah. Xerox. Like, right. the two of them are making out. I mean, yes, the blinds are closed, but I was never comfortable being that close to being caught breaking the. Yeah, uh, what the fuck? Like, like that's that's how you know this shit's way out of whack too. Like, goddamn, like you're gonna talk about this right in front of this bitch. What I was thinking the whole time is like maybe they're gonna kill fucking Cecilia too. Like maybe they're just gonna like, like there's that. slit her throat because goddamn, like you're talking about this in front of some girl you don't even know, bro. Like you don't know her. She's in your class. And also like you know, you let's know just say lives. let's just say Cecilia is like a good alibi. Like she's gonna keep your her mouth quiet. Right. There's two. This is a public school. Yeah, like, no doubt. Shit's broken in public schools. There's vents that, like, you know. Yeah. We're yeah, in an office yeah. right now. I can hear everything they're fucking saying next door. Like, right. I can't imagine making out with a 16 year old boy with nothing but, like, a, a blind between he, me and oh the my general God. public. Yeah, no, no fucking thank you. It's weird, too. And you oh. know, this is a fucking 15 year old kid. He's already told all his fucking friends about it. Mm-hmm. And, yo, you know, they're fucking gossiping in the trailer park. Yeah. You know, for everyone sure. knows, like, all the fucking trailer park community people know about it they're telling their fucking wives and shit the wives are telling their, they got their gossip parties and shit so um anyway that night billy bikes home and he puts on heavy metal music and sits on his bed wondering mm-hmm. how he's gonna get away with this yeah. he picks up the phone and he calls pam who's at work late and she asks billy what happened if he did it and he says he couldn't find a gun and no one would drive him because he doesn't have a license so mm-hmm. basically billy tried to go through with the act but he just couldn't pull it off which by the way like Always sounds, I don't think you and I can say it without it sounding like an insult. To be clear, I don't think Billy should be capable of murder. No, <laughs> but, fuck no. But she's basically like, you dickless you loser. Little, little like, fucking pussy. Yeah. Like, you suck. Yeah, but the thing is, though, too, is, and this was pointed out to me while I was watching it, is the audience for this film is obviously, you know, older women, maybe, you know, maybe. Maybe if it was movie of the week, this could have been like, this would have been on on TV on like a Saturday night. But my point is, is that you see this kid walk in there and fucking start playing heavy metal music and sit down. This could be like a nod to the fact, oh, this is the devil's music. Oh, you know, for sure. This kid is listening to this stuff and he's being influenced and he's about to she go herself, do some devil She herself, like, shit. who is this older woman right. influenced like, by teenager music? She's hanging out with Eddie Van Halen, known right. drug addict. Yeah, like, and, oh, yeah, big known drug addict. My mom has a story about him, how she was in Sunset Plaza back in the 80s mm-hmm. and, like, he was fucked up and came and, like, banging on her window of her car like trying to talk to her while he was like fucked up but i but i love the did part did she smash I, I have no idea maybe <laughs> i don't think she did probably not we're gonna go with that uh, i yeah. do love sunset plaza though underrated uh little area yeah back then it was i heard it was super popping too back in the 80s a lot of cool stuff went down there so you're right though it is like a little bit of the devil's music or whatever else and like this this being their escapism this being the place it's also very sexual music yeah, it is. It is, no doubt. And um, they just, I think, like I said, like just the fact that that's what he's listening to, the fucking, you know, everybody's grandma is going to know that and point it out. Like, hip-hop was in the news back then about being terrible. You know, Bill Clinton was talking about it. Everyone was talking about it. Yeah. So this is a big topic of heat, right? But also at yeah. the same time, like, this is the same thing we're dealing with today, like with the two mass shootings that happened this past weekend. Like, people are like, video games are the problem. Right. Even Trump got stupid. up and was like, this is video games. It's like, nah, dog. Like, it's not video games. Yeah, it's not no. music. It's not it's rap you. music. Like, um, yeah, I just, I, I love this, the end of this scene because 
you know, she hangs up in a fucking fit of rage because Billy She's didn't like, do it. She's like, why would you do this to me? What was all this crap about being in love with me for not even to kill my husband? Exactly. And then she dumps him over the phone. Like, yeah. we're done. It's over. She hangs up, and then she very dramatically turns the light off in her office, puts on her fucking coat as the phone is ringing again. And we know that that's Billy calling again. What? Oh, yeah. Is she going to answer it? No, she's stone cold. Hell That's no. that stone cold shit. When you've got someone worked up, you did it on purpose, and you're not answering your phone. Right, and she walks out the office while the phone just goes into a fucking ring, you know? I've been that crazy bitch, like, gonna call you on repeat. I See, I don't... I like that, though. I know, but... Like, <laughs> yeah, I like I, it. I would they, like that if someone did that for me, too. Well, I would but pretend like, like I didn't. I'd be like, oh, my God, it's so annoying, but I'd be like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like one hundred percent, like one hundred percent that reaction. But like, it. I've always thought like the other. You know, if the shoe was on the other foot, like it is brutal. Like to think about her just like getting up like that and being able to walk out that room knowing that she just hurt this boy's feelings and was like, "You only wanted to fuck me. You're not trying to kill my husband." She just doesn't give a fuck at this point. Like I said, she did what she wanted to do. You know. Yeah, so the next day she tells him to come over to her um, at the classroom or whatever, and she gives him a big hug. He tells her, you know, she tells him that everything's going to be okay. She has another meeting at the end of April, and she's going to give him another chance. If he gets the job done that time, it's going to be great. So Billy sits around with his friends, and he tells them the plan, 50-50 to 52-13. You want to kill a guy that you've never even met? He hits her. He abuses her. You seen him? She told me. Great. I've seen the bruises. Come on. As long as he's around, me and Pam can't ever be together. You sure she really wants you to do this? Wants me to. She's making me. Otherwise, she says she's going to break the whole thing off. I need a gun. JR, your dad's got guns. You gonna help me or not? Help you kill a guy? I'll help you. My dad's got a gun. Don't even know where it is, but I do. Get real, Raymond. Guns can be traced. She said it'd be worth a thousand bucks. She'll pay us? Yeah. What do you think? I think this is nuts. Um, by the way, while you were in the restroom, we're going to keep this in the podcast. Um, Kylie Jenner just got her entire house filled with roses. By I know. Travis I saw that this morning yeah, for her birthday. Are you happy for her? Uh, honestly, dude, my thing is, is like, where can you go up from there? Right. Like you're <laughs> 23, what, she's 22 or 23 now? Like, and she's damn. She's 22, yeah. And you got like fucking Travis Scott, who's like 30. And, like, you know that that's not going to last, like, right. forever. I mean, the only way it you could go kid. up is because they are billionaire. Like, she's a billionaire. Right. So what are you going to do? Like, fill two rooms with roses? There's that. Yeah. yeah so that's what I'm saying. Like, I can't fuck with that shit, dude. Like, I got to go, like... And what? They've been together for, like, a year and a half, two is he years? Really, is he really 30? I, I'm fucking pretty sure he's, like, 30. Let he's old, yeah. I mean, like, he's older. Old, maybe... I would say 28 at the youngest let me check whoa really he, he is fucking 28 yeah he's 28 
Damn, they've so got a real Billy like and Pam. They've got a, a bigger age difference than Pam and, not to and mention, Pam and Billy. They're not. They're not married. They're very romantic on Instagram. Well, see, the thing is, though, you got to be careful because if Kylie Jenner gets married at twenty-two, she might end up shooting fucking her husband in the face and shit. I know? feel that. No, like I feel Pam's that. Smart. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah, they're only getting a thousand bucks to do this whole thing, which of course inflation makes that a little bit more. But right. still, that's enough for three toasters. Two to three hundred dollars. Yeah, no, like literally, they're making less than the toaster yeah, by the time you split it on all these sucks foods. Because there's four guys, and it's only enough for three toasters. And Billy's not even getting any money. He's doing this for the love of Pam. Yeah, he's not in this for a couple hundred bucks. Well, see, he's doing Billy this for is his gonna queen. Be getting the money from the the insurance check, presumably, but. Who knows if she's going to fuck with Billy still after. Like, you know what I mean? That's what she's telling him, but we don't know. You know? I will tell you, if, you're, if you have to kill one husband, having a husband who's in insurance is like a pretty good deal. That's like basically $140,000 life insurance policy is probably like not far from at least a half a million dollar life insurance Today, policy. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm thinking too, though? Is it like Billy's got to be taken into consideration if she's willing to fucking murder her husband after like barely a year of being married, not even like, does she think that like she's not going to fucking murder him and like have some fucking 14 year old do it this right. time? You know what I mean? Like, that's right. what I'm saying. No, like, you're right. As soon no, as he cuts right. his hair, it's game over. Like, it doesn't matter if he puts it in an envelope for her. I would love a scene in this movie where like one of Billy's friends is like, hey man. Do you ever think about if she's willing to murder her husband? Like, is she going to murder him? Like, the classic. That's like that fucking gospel, so... dude. Like, if she cheats on you, she'll cheat with you. Like, or if she cheats with you, she'll cheat on you. You you, you get your you lose your man the way you got him. Exactly. That's what they say that. Right. They say you lose your man the way you got him. Which I can only see really applying if you got your man from cheating. Like, right. under what other and circumstances? This is definitely. This is, I don't even know if you can call it an affair because this is not like a fucking grown oh, no, man. No, it's not. This is like, I just want to know what the fuck that idiom is supposed to mean or that turn of oh, phrase. Oh, right, right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> how else do you lose a man the way you got him? Birth? Death? Like, yeah, I don't that's know. that's what I'm saying, right. So, Pam um, is just getting out of her school board meeting. Um, she successfully secured the funds for her media program. She's going to go pick something up in her office. She waits for Billy there. And when um, he comes in, he tell, she tells him not to turn on the light. And he introduces her to his friend Raymond. Greg was already there when they got home, so they didn't get to go in. And she's basically, like, fucking pissed. She's fucking pissed, bro. Like, she's, she thinks they bitched out, basically. You know? Which, like, I mean... Uh, and honestly, like, here's the thing. She doesn't show that side to Raymond. You, you, did you notice that? Like, she's yeah. like, oh, next time. And then she drops Raymond's ass off and starts going off at fucking Billy. Well, she didn't even say anything to Raymond. Like, she, one thing I noticed is that she never directly implicated herself in front of Raymond. That's true. Like, she never even sort she, of, like, fully verbally led on. Drop him off at, like, 7-Eleven or whatever and then fucking pulls over and just, in the same, you know, I got afraid. The way that she pulled him over and was like, because she basically goes and drops off Raymond. And then yeah. she still has Billy in the car and she's going to drop him off. And I don't know if you ever had your mom yell at you after like you oh, were bad scary. when you were hanging out with your friend yeah. and you knew once I were alone in this car, I'm going about to get my ass handed to me. Like I felt that secondhand anxiety for him. I was like, oh, she's oh, going to yeah. yell but You got to see the him. thing is too, is 
they parked in the same fucking intersection they always park in. So like this is like their spot. Like this is where they fucking like get uh, you know like and it could be a fucking you know filming location budget thing. But I there's I like also to think so of, many areas. It's like so few areas in a small town. Exactly where yeah, you can so like I go. Thinking, I'm thinking maybe this is a secluded area where like you know they know that they're not going to be seen together basically, or if they do, it's only going to be by Cecilia when she comes out of the fucking sewer mm-hmm. and like sees them together. I mean, the one thing that Pam Smart has going for her, even though she'll never get out of jail, she tried to like appeal to have her um, case be not a life sentence. Because even if she got like 50 years, then she could still get parole, even Mm -hmm. though she's probably going to die in the next, I don't know, maybe 20. Yeah, probably. But um, one thing I thought about was like, something you could really fuck with when your criminal was locked away at like Pam Smart's era and she doesn't she's never even held a cell phone yeah she says that she the prison that she goes to doesn't have internet so she's never used the internet that's fucking crazy and so like this person like she's not used to a world where there's cameras everywhere she's not used to a world so like you if you're pam smart and you get out of jail now you would never be able to get away with the crime again and you got to think of it this way too like the it's the same thing. Like it's kind of the reason she did is because I feel like she kind of wanted to be recognized. You know, it's the whole fame thing. You're like, you'll notice. Like she called Channel Nine to do an interview of her after her fucking husband died. It's like, and and the fact that you say that like this woman's been in jail since before there was really like even like the internet that we know today. You look at fucking like Leslie Van Houten, who was like one of the Manson girls. Yeah. She's been in prison since 19 fucking 70, and like we'll never get out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, it's just, like, amazing to think that these people have missed so much of the world's advancement because they're so limited to their resources in prison, which, you know, is nothing. Did you see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Yeah, I did. I did. Okay, so I don't... This is probably late enough that I can feel okay doing a spoiler, but I'm going to do a spoiler here now. I've always felt that Leslie Van Houten, she was the one that stayed back and was in the car and wasn't there. For Leslie the Van Houten wasn't at the Sharon Tate murder in real life. She, oh, she went she to the LaBianca murder. La murder. Yeah, okay. So Leslie Van Houten was... Who was yeah. the one who who stayed in the car? Because she's been uh, trying to get off for a long time, and I felt that she sort oh of... Oh, my God. So the one who... The crazy psycho bitch one squeaky. just recently died, like yeah. 10 years ago. Yeah. Uh, in prison. Susie, Susie some, or some shit. And then uh, there was Krink, Patricia Krenwinkel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think she was the other one who was in the house. Because there's one of them who like sat in the car. And then when they did the movie, obviously that whole they scene played whole, out yeah. very differently. One of them drove off. But the girl who drove off, I, I was like kind of like, yo, is that like a shout out to her? Because she probably doesn't really deserve to be wrapped up in this the way that the other girls were. Right, you know, right. We'll see like, if you read into the story, a couple of them did stay outside. And a couple of them, you know, like for, for lookout. One girl stayed outside, yeah. Yeah, she's probably her. I don't know her name, but, you know, shout out. She'll never fucking get out of prison. They but never she will. never murdered anyone, the girl right. who was in the car that night. And so I was like, I wonder if. Because it was so interesting, they painted the story that way. I really, I really liked it. That oh, was a I did great too. movie. I mean, that death scene at the end was that iconic. Was, oh, so iconic! And I've heard <laughs> so many people. You're the first person that I've talked to who liked it as well. Oh yeah, everyone hated it. They well, I'm a big Tarantino long. fan. A, like, Tarantino bust me fan. on it if you want. I also just do think I have like a tattoo. I can't go back. But yeah. I will say that one thing that I noticed with this movie that had never really occurred to me before is I feel like all of the the entire Quentin Tarantino universe takes place on the same timeline in some capacity 
Because there was nods to every single one of his other films in the yeah, movie. The, uh, did you notice that one of the Italian director's names was Antonio Margaretti? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then and in the beginning, also there was like the Kill Bill car was there yes, was that Michael Madsen was in the beginning scene mm-hmm. it, it, on Bounty Law. He was in, he was one of the sheriffs. All the Nazi shit, right? All the Nazi, and then shit. also coming back and killing the bad guy. Like yes. that's very also Inglorious Bastards. I am a big Tarantino fan, I mean, so he, I just was like, this favorite is favorite director, no doubt. But there was like, you know, he's only making 10 movies and this is yeah, the nine. And I, it's honestly, I, I. And I wonder if the 10th movie is going to be because also we got the Western, we got the Django and the Hateful Eight references in there. I honestly wonder if the 10th movie is going to be about how all these universes collide. Maybe, maybe. I, I, I think that with his final project, he's definitely going to like nod to all the fucking ones he's already done. But I think he's going to go more in a direction of like Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, classic Tarantino in terms of like, you know, more, you know, mafia oriented type shit. You but know? you don't think he's hinting that all of this is like one, the big, like a bigger cinematic universe yeah, where they're all tied? It could be because, I mean, like I said, like you, you, a lot of people don't know this unless you were like a big Tarantino fan, but. Um, you know, you got Vic Vega, Reservoir mm-hmm. Dogs. His younger brother is Vincent Vega, who mm-hmm. is in Pulp Fiction. You know, you got fucking. You're right. Everything is connected, whether people see it or not. Like, yeah, it's a little bit like connected. Black Mirror, where everything's tied together by the white bear. Right. You know no what doubt. I mean? But I, I really liked Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think it was a bit long. I'm just thinking about someone shooting themselves in the head listening to this. <laughs> oh, hey man! Like, they can skip through this fucking part if yeah, they want. Skip, but skip. I'm telling you, like. It's I, I the only thing that I would say that I didn't really like was just the fact that it was such like a step away from his other shit in terms of format. Like he didn't put the chapter one, chapter two, chapter three. Mm-hmm. It was in perfect chronological order other than the one flashback that Brad Pitt had like to, you know, fighting Bruce Lee. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was only a few of those iconic shots, you know, the iconic Tarantino shots. You got the scene where he's feeding his fucking dog. Mm-hmm. Like that was like, you know, you got the close up on the fucking cans, you yeah. know, the opening and closing the cupboards. See, and I you got always, the final scene. yeah, I think it mean I think there's something more there, dog. I don't know what it is. I want to know what it is. I liked that it was goofy though. Like he does genre shit. You know what I well, mean? It, it, also, I noticed too, and this is definitely an LA thing. Like you don't fucking understand this unless you fucking have lived in LA for a period yeah, of time dog. but he mentions Toluca Lake in almost yeah. all of his fucking movies mm-hmm. like he oh you know Leonardo DiCaprio is gonna move out of fucking the he's gonna the move, out to, he's gonna move into a condo in Toluca Lake and then Samuel L. Jackson you know oh I have a friend in Toluca Lake who's gonna fucking help us clean off all this blood and shit I don't think anyone in fucking America knows what Toluca Lake is unless you live here yeah, because half what's the people that live here oh that's North Hollywood that's Burbank you know what right, I mean right Toluca yeah. Lake's a very specific exactly, neighborhood exactly which is it's kind of weird how we say there's a lot I of shit I think Toluca that. Lake really only blew up in the press like in terms of it became a place like was when Miley and Justin and all those like and pop Diddy kids were there living still, there yeah. yeah that was like a big thing for Toluca Lake no, yeah but I love Toluca Lake it's a great city but, yeah. oh I love I, I love everywhere in Studio City that's my shit like mm-hmm. that whole area like North Hollywood area like, come on like- I you can't Outer beat Valley. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And by the way, it was so uncool to live there when I first moved here that I was like, oh my God, I could never. I would, I struggled to live within like what I thought was an interesting <laughs> yeah, portion I mean, of the like, city limits. And it's not. When like, I first moved here, like, the scariest, the scariest fucking place in town was Echo Park, and now that's where you go to get fucking fancy teas and mm-hmm. you know nice trendy tattoos. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah! So Pam is really disappointed, right? And she hides it because Raymond is there. But then once you know Raymond's out, she gives Billy the shit. We're gonna do the scene fifty four, fifty five to fifty six, thirty three, just their little fight. 
Now what the hell happened out there? I told you, Pam, we just got lost is all. You expect me to believe that? Lost going to my house? I guess the nights we spent there didn't mean a hell of a lot to you. You can't even remember how to get there. No, Pam. Either you're a coward or you never really loved me. Which is it? I do love you, So Pam. you're a coward? No, I... Right, you never loved me. Which is good, because you make me sick. Get out. Wait, Pam. Uh, Pam, I just got lost. I promise. That's all. Yeah, fine, sure. I'm gonna tell Greg everything and just beg his forgiveness. He'll probably be horrible for a while, but eventually we'll work it out. Enough is enough. Please, I need you in my life, I swear. There's one way to make that happen, and you blew it both times. Just one more chance, Pam, please. I don't know. Aren't you going to take me home? I don't want your mother to see us. No one works on a video this late. This pen. So I don't know what I'll do. I don't know what I'll do. I'll kill myself. I did kind of die that he, we see that little bit of him about to break down in front of his friends. And I have to wonder if there was more of a scene there and they cut it down because. That's a lot of work to get everyone there and then to get that actor to that place where he's about to cry with his friends. Like, Yeah, no doubt. I mean, like, honestly, like, it would take a lot, especially if you have, like, the type of fucking friends that live in a trailer park. Obviously, they're, like, a little bit more hard, you know, a little bit more, like, Yeah, you're a fucking life. pussy. Like, you're you're going to cry, you little bitch, like, over a fucking t- teacher? What a loser, right? You know what I mean? Like, that said, though, this is a pretty unique plight and that, like, he has, like, he's in love with this woman and yeah. she's like, kill my fucking husband or we're done. Like, yeah. and this boy has, like, you know, like the attorney said at the beginning, like, Billy's a very easily pitied character. Yes. Like, he's someone that, you know, doesn't have a lot going in life. Like, right. he doesn't have right, right. a bright future for himself. Like, See, but this is the turning point, though. This is, like, this conversation with his I mean, friends. she's sick, though, dude. Oh, fucking this, like, terrible human being, like, burning in hell in the future. Like, on God, no doubt, because this is the most fucked up shit I've ever... Like, Helen Hunt is portraying this fucking incredibly, I she think... She spit it out really well, like, that line there when she was like, she's oh, like, so e- you didn't either, love me. Yeah, it's oh, either you never loved me or you're a coward. And he's like, no, I'm not, I, I yeah. do love you. He's like, oh, so you're a coward. And, no, like, you know, anyone me. who's ever been a teenager, like, you've had, like, a boyfriend or girlfriend that, like, basically says something like that to you. Like, if my high school boyfriend was, like, doubting my love for him because I failed to perform a simple action like yeah. you know like you said like it's like she's treating him like he's picking up dry cleaning and you're and like at he, that yeah and you're at that age where this seems like oh you're definitely gonna marry her you know like it's like it's fucking it's ready you know like this is the most important time in your life you think you're in love and shit you know so he's definitely in a position where he just feels like he has no other options so um Billy rides up to Pam's car on his bike and he tells her that he and his friends want a thousand bucks each. And she's like, well, I can only spend a thousand total. Is that okay? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, you can get in the car now if you want. Damn, like 
fucking privileges. You now. can like, get in the car now if you want. That fucked. bothered me. Me too. Like, you've earned your right to get in the car because you agreed to fucking murder my husband. And also, no, we can't negotiate on that. Yeah, like, like oh, sorry, I'm kind of tight-knit. I'm about to collect $140,000 insurance Well, check, that's but. when you know someone's your bitch. When they come back to you and they're like, okay, I want to negotiate. And also, and that like, shows that the love is gone. There's no affection anymore, you know? The love like, is gone. It's like, <laughs> hey, man, I got what I wanted out of you. Got some young 15-year-old dick now like i'm just ready to fucking you know move on with my life with my hundred forty thousand dollars so um she gives the guys directions to her house and she's basically what you need to know is that pam and billy are like making the fuck out in the back seat well, see, of the halen mobile what i fucking noticed too is this is like a fucking day of bonding like, right. It's like she's like a, a fucking 15 year old kid. They're all driving around together in the car, you know, just enjoying life. Like, you know, she's talking to them, calling them by their first names, talking like they've been friends forever. Like, oh, hey, she's in the back seat. She's laying in the car. back seat with her legs like straight up so that they're laying on the center console. And like the two boys are driving between her feet that are writhing around as she and Billy are making out in the back seat. And then JR, you know, he's having a little fun in the car and she's like, She's like, God damn it, JR. She's like, don't speed up. You're going to get a ticket. The, the last, last thing we thing need, need is... And it's like, no, bitch, the last thing you need is to be like <laughs> doing any of this. Like yeah. any of this is the last thing anyone needed. You know, JR is quite a fucking character, I got to say, because in the beginning sequence, you know, when they're like, they're about to, you know, reveal that the murder is taking place, JR looks at his watch and he has it on backwards. So that his fucking wrist is pointing toward his face while he's looking at his watch face. So you know that this is this is a kid who doesn't have every fucking cog in his brain working. I think that used to be a thing. I, I maybe it used to be a thing, but what the fuck? It still looks weird. It does look very weird, and it's the first thing that caught my eye when watching this. Movie. And Jr.'s boy Raymond is like dumb as rocks. Oh fucking! Like idiot. Raymond is like passed out in the back seat. But anyway, she gives the guys like directions to her house and she's like, memorize them and then destroy the paper. And you need to bring a gun. No knives. It's too messy. You're going to get blood all over the carpets and the light furniture and blood never comes out. Yeah. And don't forget gloves because there can't be fingerprints everywhere. Right. So she's placed an enormous amount of trust in these young boys by like, you know, first of all, handing them physical evidence and then asking them to destroy it. Right. And I guess that back then guns didn't cause a lot of fucking splatter effect. Uh you know, at least not as much as a knife. I mean, maybe in her dumbass mind. Like, I also, for all we know, she's learning how to, like, plan this murder based on a Nancy Drew book. Right. Like, also, the, what the fuck does she know about? Also, I mean, like, if you guys don't know, but back in 1990, uh, uh, guns made a lot less noise than knives did. So this is obviously the smarter The option. smartest way to go. But also the most sinister thing is that she's like, don't fuck up my house. Like... No one who murders, like, no one whose spouse dies, like, stays in the house. Like, unless it was, like, natural causes, cancer, like, Yeah, she's else. worried about getting blood everywhere. Like, she's that's... like, I'm staying in that house, so don't fuck up the couch. Like, yeah. bitch, you're getting $140,000 in life insurance, and you're not splurging on a new condo? Like... They end up doing a good job, though. There's not a lot of blood. There's not a lot of blood. Um, So... She reminds him to put Haley in the basement because she doesn't want a traumatized dog, which I love this because I, I do love that, like, throughout this whole thing, she has a, a much more stronger emotional tie to the dog than she does to her own husband. Right. Like, she's more concerned about him taking the dog than she is, like, losing her marriage. And it's honestly the complete opposite for Greg because what I've... What I noticed uh, in the first scene where, you know, they're they're confronting Greg with weapons and stuff, 
he gives them, you know, his wallet. Doesn't he give him like his wallet? But um, he refuses to give his wedding ring to the guys pointing guns and knives at him because uh, his wife would kill him. Another thing, too, is that the first thing that Greg does when he opens the door is he goes, he goes, Haley, which there, that's a natural reaction because you're like, why the fuck isn't the dog freaking exactly. out? But also I'm like, maybe that they're just like communicating through Haley. Like maybe he would have loved to be like Pam, but he knows Pam's not going to answer. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Okay. So there's something exciting coming up for a local girl. It's not yet, but I just saw it on my notes and I got excited. Mm-hmm. So um, Pam tells Cecilia they're really going to do it this time. Bill and the boys are finally going to kill her husband. Cecilia doesn't believe her, but she's like, I swear they have a gun and everything. Yeah, she's not so, buying it. No. And like the fact is, is like that. The fact that Pam needs to prove this to yeah, Cecilia. What the fuck? <laughs> It's like, like, oh, hey, by the way, uh, my husband's getting murdered tonight. I promise. Right. I promise this time. And wouldn't you run with, like, when she's like, uh, this <laughs> when is... she's like, no, this isn't real, wouldn't you be like, yeah, you're right, I'm playing. This whole shit no, is out of whack, like, honestly. She's like, look at me. No, seriously, if this happens, they murdered my husband. Like, she couldn't make it more clear to Cecilia. And Cecilia, poor girl. She, like, does the best she can to keep this a secret later on. But Cecilia was spared nothing in this. No. Um, so she tells her to stop by later, that she'll be in her office up until the meeting. And by the time the meeting's over, quote, unquote, everything should be done. So is taking his friend Raymond because he doesn't want to be alone in the getaway car the whole time. Right. Billy says he's going into where? Papaginos. Okay. And Raymond says that as long as he's there, he might as well get pizza. Papaginos. Do you know what it is? It's a pizza place. It's uh, so good. You know what's crazy though is it's it like so zesty, bitch. Like you've never had zestier pizza in your life. Yeah, I've never been to Papaginos, but the fact that he said he was going into Papaginos and the guy says, "Well, you might as well get pizza while you go in there." What the fuck else are you gonna do in Papaginos? He had to take a leak. Oh, I missed that. And that then Raymond sense. turns to him and goes, "Hey, you got any cash?" And Billy's like looking at him like, "What?" And he's like, "Well, right. I mean, if we're going in there, we might as well, might get, as well a get some pizza. Might as well let everyone see like us and you know record a purchase." Of the yeah, fact that we were here exactly. Pizza. Yeah, but like it is weird because Papaginos is sort of an important thing in this story, but this Papaginos trip doesn't matter. No, it's like there's this is a Papaginos heavy story. Yeah, this is just honestly, this has no correlation to the fact what happens later. I think it? that maybe they're just trying to like foreshadow. Let us know that in this particular part of New England, Papaginos is king. Hell yeah, I'm honestly wanting some Papaginos right now. It's so skinny, pizza, like it's yeah. so good. It's like thin as fuck, and then it's just like. It's zesty. Like, I can taste it in my mouth right now just thinking about Papa Gino's. (laughs) Zesty. Yeah, like, it's got, like, pepper on it, but, like, not too much. And it's just, like, real thin, but it's not too... It's not hard, thin, or floppy. It's just good. It's good. It's the best pizza. They don't make anything like it here. The closest thing they actually have to Papa Gino's out here, I'm going to tell you the seasoning blend or the, the cheese blend that gets you there is the Trader Joe's three cheese pizza. Really? That's going to get you the closest to a Papa Gino's, but it's still never going to do it justice. Damn, well, next time I go to fucking Trader Joe's, I'll be sure you got to get that. You got to get that and then cook it till about like 10 minutes. You got to keep it in a couple extra. 10 minutes, okay. Okay, so Greg is uh, doing door-to-door salesman work, which I love that for him. I didn't realize he was so 
grassroots like so like yeah. on the ground and, and you know what's crazy is that he's definitely a great guy because he shakes the fucking family's hand twice mm-hmm. shakes each of their hands twice so you know like they're gonna remember this guy nice firm handshake and it's definitely it's, it's a it's a nod to the fact that he is like you said earlier becoming his dad becoming a boomer because everyone he fucking meets with is like 85 years old yeah for sure yeah and also like this makes him even more likable because he's not you know pushing papers at the office or making accounts through people he's that going call. up you he's know. doing door to door he's picking up where his daddy can't do it anymore an older man now right. he's out hitting the streets exactly so greg says goodnight to the older couple that he was sell- uh, selling to he made the sale then we see the guys sneak into the house. They put Haley in the basement. Pete is disappointed in the jewelry that was left for him, and he says the whole thing is a hose job. It's worth 50 cents. <laughs> you know what's fucking crazy? Well, is like, that- bitch, you're not really here to steal. Not only that. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. You're getting paid. And like, I guess he thought that this was part of the deal since they're going to have to split the $1,000. Yeah, because she made Pam- it seem like, I got some gold out for you guys. You know, the speakers. Like, I had oh, to shit. say, though, smarter than I thought she would be because the problem with a lot of these things is that when people come in for like a false robbery, it's clearly not a robbery like not enough is missing right exactly a real robber probably would have cut greg's finger off to get that ring not only that i I, why don't you just take it off you're gonna kill him i mean i'm just saying you know you could cut it off yeah i guess if you're like (laughs) in fucking martin scorsese movie like goodfellas well i mean i guess that just shows how much we don't know each other yet um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we find out that Pam's funding for the media center has been approved by the council. Then Billy wants to, he decides he's going to whack Greg over the head with a candlestick. Then Pete's like, no, let's use the knife. Knife, yeah. And I'm like, did not, uh, did we not say like no knives? Oh, right. Yeah, it's too messy. It's exactly. like, that's like the one thing we discussed is no fucking knife. That was like a big thing too. But I think they got to this point where they're like, you know what? Fuck Pam, bro. She left this 50 cent jewelry. Like I'm going to use this fucking knife right. and get shit all over her carpet. I'm going to run a scenario down. I think that the right move would have been, you know, candlestick to the dome. Oh, yeah. And then maybe stab to death. Because that would have looked like a robbery and it may not have even killed him. Right. They just knocked him out and that would have been the best of both worlds. Do they need the man dead? Because yeah, you got to get that one forty, okay. and we got to get Pam off well, the hook. She needs okay. Okay, you're right. But see, Jr. and all those guys. What the fuck do they care if the man? Because everyone's going to be like, "Oh, Pam, you're a dick. Like your husband has brain damage, and you left him." Yeah, yeah, that is. You true. know, she needs a clean break. They got to right. kill Greg. They do because I oh, thought about okay. that too. I was like, "How are you going to make sure that you, even the candlestick?" I had thoughts when he held up that candlestick. I was like. I'd like to think, like, if a candlestick hit my head, maybe it wouldn't bash my brains in, but, but I don't know. They would know. probably be doing it until it fucking bashed his skull in and shit. You know how it is. You know what's crazy, though? No, that- I don't. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, me, me neither. Um, yeah, so Never seen anything. You know what I kind of miss, though, too, is... When Pam arrived, the okay, so I guess that the police would have assumed that the robbers or the burglars put the dog in the basement. Nobody questioned that, really. Like, how did the dog get into yeah, the basement? Yeah, no one questioned that. I that mean, I think weird. that that makes, does make sense, though. So, like, a burglar would typically just, like, get the dogs out of the house or let them loose in the yard or right. something. Well, you see, if we're, if we're looking at real-life cases here, when they, when they were just, like, doing investigations of the OJ case... The reason they think it was OJ, one of the reasons, is because the dog wasn't barking. They heard no fucking dogs barking. It's true. Wags would go ham. And granted, like, Haley is a shih tzu. Sure. They fucking bark, though. Yeah, they... Like, fucking annoying. Loud boys. Wags scared away two burglars when I was one in Koreatown and then one on Sunset in Doheny. Yeah, I scared away two intruders. And he's a chihuahua. 
That's crazy. But he just went like ham and like to be honest, his bark is annoying. Like, yeah. And it's also crazy <laughs> to think though that these people would kill a fucking person but not the dog. Right. Right. That's just some that's just some my investigative shit from watching Cold Case. So Greg gets home and right away he starts calling for Haley. We hear the gunshot. Greg's dead. Pam pulls up to the house, and um, I'm looking forward to hearing her performance when she discovers Greg. That's what I wrote in my notes now. Her performance is underwhelming. We're going to play a long scene here. A lot of it goes really quickly. We hear the reaction to him being found dead. Um, Then the parents finding out. Then the family sitting around after and sort of Pam's lack of reaction. Right. Then the kids at school find out. Then we're at the wake. Yeah. And then we finally go to the police department. And she then, after the police department, she speaks to the news. And just fucking buckle up because this bitch just shows absolutely, like, it's ruthless. But also, can we say, this clip is about six minutes long, but it's also about one third of the time that we spent learning about Greg's ponytail being cut off. Right, exactly. You were very right to point that out. That scene with the ponytail in the envelope went on for... About a minute and a half. About a minute and a half. And like you said, it is a third. So we're going to give less time to all of this. Each one of these scenes is less than a minute and a half long, but the ponytail was Man, everything. The most important scene in the movie, no doubt. Probably. Greg Smart, he's our son. No, we've got to get in there. All right, sir, no one's allowed. We're not no one. This is my son's place. Just tell me, what the hell's going on here? Is my son all right? I can't tell you anything, sir. For God's sake, he's right there on the floor. Well, help him, somebody. Why aren't they helping him? He's dead. I've got to go to him. He's my son! Let me go to him! Please! Please! Call my mother, please. And would someone get the dog? Could someone go to my house and get the dog, please? Come on in. Sit anywhere. I called you in here because I wanted you to hear this from me before the media starts trumpeting it about. There's been a tragedy. Now, I know how close you all are with Pam Smart. And, well, her husband was killed last night. He he was, in fact, murdered. Oh, my God. That's awful. Oh, man. Did they know who did it? I haven't heard anything about that yet. I I do think, though, that we should all go to the wake together and show Pam some support. Mm-hmm. 
Thank you so much for coming. It's so thoughtful of you, really. So Thank nice. you. Are you all right? Yeah, it's just a shock, you know. Hi. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Does anybody have any kind of a grudge against your husband? No, absolutely not. Greg was very popular, very loved. He had a lot of wonderful friends. Any involvement with um, drugs of any kind? Never. Neither he nor I believed in drugs. Do, do you think this is drug-related? Because I heard that on the news. And I tell you, it really disturbs me because it's just false. You think this was drug-related? Is that it? There is no it, Mrs. Smart. Only possibilities. You can rule out drugs. I mean, the television and the jewelry were all gone. What about burglary? Maybe. Did your husband ever exhibit any violent behavior of any kind? No, never. How about to you? No, I said never. Mrs. Smart, we realize that this is very difficult for you. We just have to be thorough. Well, I agree with that. I think you should be. Okay. Let's see, you were married, what, a year? Uh, not quite. Happily? Very happily. Ask anyone. Was Greg ever abusive to you in any way? Look, that's just not possible. Greg was a very kind, gentle soul. Especially to me. He loved me, and I loved him. The only thing I can ever think of that we fought about was what to have for dinner. <laughs> I see. I hope that you do. Well, that'll be all for now. We'll be in touch. Oh, please. Don't mention anything to the media about this case. It'll just hinder the investigation, okay? This okay for you, Pam, right in front of the house right I here? I think so. In the walkway, it's better than inside. I think so, don't you? Yeah, parents are in there. There's no... It's quiet out here. You know about this stuff, right? <laughs> Television, you study communications? Right. Can you move that mic up just a little bit, Jim? Just a little bit closer to her face, you know, so we can hear what she has to say. You're wondering about the dress, right? Greg gave me this dress. He loved it. Don't worry about that. You look absolutely beautiful. I mean, you're holding up remarkably well. I can't believe how well you're doing. I, I really don't know how you do it. I'm really not sure myself where the strength is coming from. Um, from... Should I start that part again? I'm sorry. Could you? Yeah. I'm really not sure myself where the strength is coming from. Uh, from Greg, I think. It's as if he's inside me, helping me bear up and go on. Listen, this morning when you called to request this interview, you said something about setting the record straight. Can you tell me what you, can you tell us what you meant by that? Set the record straight is absolutely right. I think the media has got this all wrong. They're making it sound like my husband was killed by drug dealers. I think this was a burglary. That's what makes it so awful. It was just a senseless thing. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. See you guys back in the van. Listen, Pam, let me ask you just one more thing off the record. I'm not going to use this, but why did you happen to call me? I mean, of all the people you could have called. Oh, you're my favorite newscaster. I watch your reports all the time, and I know what goes into it. Believe me. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. We should talk sometime also about the business. We'll do that. Okay. Thanks. So, um... 
Her going and doing exactly what she told the cops she wouldn't do is, you know, I mean, what I wrote in my notes, when people do stuff like this, unless they're truly narcissists, they always say that they secretly wanted to get caught. Um, I don't think in this case she secretly wanted to get caught by any means. And I don't think this is her subconscious working no. overtime. Yeah. But let's talk about this. For someone who says she was hit, she certainly is going out of her way to make sure that she never says anything negative about Greg. I noticed that too. That was the weirdest thing for me is because it seems like the cops already had some sort of insight to the fact that he may have had an abusive history. I'm not sure where they would have gotten this information. I can't tell if she's like worried about her. Well, basically they're like, this doesn't happen to people like unless they're involved in something. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. And they're like. They asked about the drugs. Yeah. They're like, this is New Hampshire. Like this is a small town. Like typically you have to build a grudge. Like these things aren't random. Like no petty thief would come in, steal a couple gold necklaces and speakers and then murder a man. Right. Like the stakes are just too high. Right, right. And like I said, like, the cops were immediately just gunning her with questions about like, well, did he ever hit you? Did he ever hurt you? Which And I wonder believe, yeah. if like her in her mind, like because if she had been beaten or if he was on drugs, it would then have given her a motive. Well, it would have tarnished her image because okay. she's thinking like I'm I maybe she's thinking like if I walk around saying that my husband was a drug addict then people are going to think of me as the kind of girl who was with the drug addict right or, or with an abusive husband if I say yeah. I was beaten that's like humiliating and I don't want to humiliate myself like right. all the things that she used to defame him with his drinking and his beating or whatever else when they were together she, all of that is gone she never claims he it's drank chapter, too much yeah. none of it and I think it's because Maybe his family would have fought back at a certain point because, like, you know, whatever. But, I mean, she's on record, not officially, but with his parents is saying that he hit her. Right. She has this bruise. Did she give herself that fucking bruise? I know. Yeah, they never really touched on that, huh? Because I thought she would have given it to herself, but I, I don't fucking know. You would man. have to show that setup, right? right of exactly. her, like. That was totally absent from the film. Yeah. I mean, like, honestly, she's probably like me and just a fucking klutz. Yeah. Or, yeah. I mean, who knows? I have a cut on my body from here to here, and really? I don't know what happened. It looks like I had a fucking C section. That's fucking But crazy. what happened was I fell asleep one night, and I woke up in the morning morning and i had a cut from here to here like all along my torso and i think i did it with my diamond ring when i was sleeping how i know i know and yeah. i haven't slept with that ring you're on just trying since. to fucking drop that you have a diamond ring huh yeah i'm totally <laughs> I think dropping I did it, with it my 24 karat diamond ring no i'm just trying to think <laughs> what could have had the edge on it to cut me like that and i didn't feel it because of silk satin it's sheets so and such <laughs> i bled all over my sheets no it was, the, it was like literally like i had to make sure when i woke up that i had gone to sleep in my bed because i was like did someone like reverse steal my kidneys? Like right. I was like, I for sure fell asleep in my bed. Yeah. Why do I have a fucking scar down my side? I was like, well, this sucks because now I can't go to the beach all summer because it's going to be like, oh, look who's stepping out on the beach after her C-section. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I literally look like I got a fucking surgery. I've been like putting cream on it for like a year. But like, I was like, oh my God, I remember calling my friend after and I was like, I don't know what happened. I was like, I think I cut myself with my ring. I was like, or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Or my kidneys got stolen and I'm highly functioning. Well, have you been to the doctor and checked to see if you have both kidneys? No. What if you don't? What if they just couldn't get you on your back? Unless, like, I could live it. with that. Yeah, you could 
live with one kidney. That's fine. But like, what if you're like, I mean, I could live with finding out two years or a year and a half. Oh, that'd be a good story. Good podcast. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. We're don't steal it, guys. Um, (laughs) um, yeah. So at the police station, they get a call from a girl saying that she has information on the Gregory Smart case and she wants to report it. She doesn't want to give her name. I'm thinking it's Cecilia herself. It definitely fucking sounds like Cecilia. It sounds like Cecilia, right? No doubt. Yeah. But she says that she works at Papagino's and she can't tell him which location, but there was a girl that works there, Cecilia Pierce. And right. she says that she doesn't know when it was, but it was about a month before the murder. And she said that Cecilia was talking about some teacher trying to kill her husband. And after that happened, you know, maybe maybe this is true. Yeah, I'm sold that this is definitely fucking Cecilia on the phone because she doesn't want to give her name. She doesn't want to give any information. But, hey, let's name drop fucking Cecilia, right? First and last name Cecilia, too. Like, yeah. she's like, I mean, either this, is, yeah. either this is a bad friend or this is Cecilia. You know what I want to know, though, is, fuck, if... Cecilia worked at Papagino's. Why the fuck would these people go into Papagino's? Because there's two locations. There's the Seabrook location and then the other location. Oh, shit. I didn't even think about the Seabrook location. Yeah, no, because that's what <laughs> they were, they were, yeah. the guy goes, was it the Seabrook location? And the girl's like, well, if I say, then you'll be able to figure out. And I was like, damn, where's the other location? Yeah, right. God damn. Use your fucking I was deductive na- waiting for reasoning, that name like drop. Sherlock Holmes. By the way, you guys, if you live in New Hampshire and you listen to this podcast or anything I do, I just want to say thank you because I've talked a lot of shit on your state before and I know you're not all bad people. I had a great summer over at Campo Basso, two summers in a row, did the theater program and the horseback riding. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. Love your state in a lot of ways. But in general, your exports to California have not been wonderful. And I would recommend let's get some, you know, Sure, you gave us Adam Sandler. You gave us Sarah Silverman. But New Hampshire, what more can you give us? I, I need no more. I'm going to need some more from New Hampshire. That's so just crazy. at least cancel out the guys I've dated from there. So, right. which I, you know, that's like dating a Leo for me, except Leos have taken a longer lesson for well, me. Well, Scorpio, I can't fuck with Leos. Yeah, you, I can't, I'm a Capricorn. I can't fuck with Leos. Oh, like, see, whatsoever. I, my ex is a Capricorn. We're tight. Capricorns are tight. These are fucking mean. I know. (laughs) That's good feedback. (laughs) That's actually notable feedback. I have to say, it's been a tough year for me realizing that. That's a whole different conversation. I could go on for like five hours about that if I want. Oh wait, well, give me your logline. Give me like three sentences about Capricorns. Yeah. Okay. Because by the way, I I know we're the best, but also. I've been really kind of like accepting the fact that we're also kind of pieces of shit in certain ways. Here's the thing. (laughs) It really honestly, not to get too deep into it, but it has to do with your moon and rising too. But Capricorn as a whole. Okay, I'm an Aries rising. So Capricorn as a whole, you guys are very non-confrontational in terms. And that means that like I can think you're totally cool with everything I do. I can think you like me, but you could really fucking hate me and not like me at all. And I would have no idea because you just don't express your feelings very well. Second of all, <laughs> you lead people on like in terms of relationships, like because oh, of your yeah. non-confrontational nature, you know, you don't want to tell them that you don't like them because you like hanging out with them, all that shit. Um, yeah, and that's selfish. And that's true. You guys are just also too up your own asshole about work sometimes. Oh, 100%. Because I always tell everyone, I'm like, don't ever be offended by me because I live in my own asshole. Like, yeah, I'm fucking yeah, crazy. You just, you just, you know, you're so focused on things and it gets to the point where you got to really 
put the brakes on because you're never going to be satisfied with certain things if you just keep pushing yourself because you could literally win you could have a billion dollars and still think oh somebody has more money than me i haven't been to therapy in a couple months but you'd be surprised at how much that just really helped me yeah no worries i got you that i really got any sign scorpio is the best though so that's the thing well, that's your thing. Um, <laughs> no, okay. but I'm like a Capricorn, Aries, Gemini, none of which are like... I'm a Scorpio, Aries, Gemini. Yeah, okay, so, yeah, so okay, we, yeah, so we so got we that Aries, got Gemini. Aries okay, Gemini. Okay, okay, no I see. Well, because Aries, Gemini, I did cry when I found out there was Gemini in my chart. Oh, well, see, I knew I was Gemini in my chart because I'm a fucking shady bitch. Well, maybe that's why I cried is because I'm like, fuck, I always knew I was shady. I'm a Gemini <laughs> moon, though, so it's my emotional aspect right. size. So it's more like you can't decide who you like and who you don't like. Yeah. You can't decide certain things. But the Aries is definitely leadership. It's it's definitely, you know, it's... It's a it's it's a staunch kind of. Are hard. Aries leaders? I always thought we're like chaotic. Here's messes. the thing, dude. I always say there's five main signs. The rest are fucking obsolete. Okay, <laughs> and I'll say this till the day I die. You got Leos, Scorpios, Aries, Gemini's, and the last one. It's kind of up for debate sometimes with the last one, but I would probably say. What, what, what do you think? What's another significant, like, big sign? Okay, I think Aquarius. I don't know anything about Aquariuses. Okay, so Aquarius people, their thing is like, okay, if you had to murder the person in front of you to save society, right. you would do that. Okay, and I've heard a lot about, like, Aquarius is like fucking animals more than they like humans. They're not very probably. empathetic people. Yeah, like. Yeah. Um, but. There's only, like, honestly, I've studied this for fucking years, and, like, I used to be a big, like, denier and, like, non-believer of this shit until yeah. I fucking fell in love with the Capricorn, and I was like, this is so spot on. It's fucking So, insane. my mom's, like, I'm actually, like, a mad sensitive bitch. Like, I'm soft as fuck, but then, like, I look at someone who's, like, historically soft based on their sign, and that's my mom and my Pisces. best friend, Christina. Or cancer. They're cancers. Cancer, Yeah. Oh my god. Cancers I'm never like, stick up for themselves. You are so soft. Like yeah. it's just like almost like not even stick up for yourself. It's just like don't take it so seriously. Yeah, that's very true. It's you know, cancers like, are the little well, Pisces is a little bitch. Cancer is definitely a close second. So maybe I'm just like a bitch version of a Capricorn. Like I'm a little bitch, a little bit. It's like a little I'm sensitive. a little like okay. I'm very sensitive. Right. But, I, see, I don't know very many sensitive Capricorn. Oh, I'm so sensy. But that might be my that might be my like you Gemini yeah because I'm sensitive too but mm-hmm. I would never let anybody know I'm sensitive you know what I mean like yeah it's, just, it's my personal fucking thing you know what I mean if and we I take like so spend two three days fence. together like if I spend like a significant amount of time with someone I'll cry in front of anybody yeah like you know what I mean yeah. like but once like I'm pretty like yeah. Yeah. And also it depends like on if there's a period of time, like a, like a window of time, like sometimes I'm just like an emotional open mm-hmm. wound and I'll just like fucking tell anyone anything. Right. I just, I'm waiting for the day that somebody creates like a TV show or something where it's like every character is based on one of the signs. And That'd be sick. But like, don't tell yeah. anyone that. Cut yeah. That no, out. I've already, I've already have some shit written down. So fuck all you guys listening, trying to still yeah, try to fucking guys. winkle Voss my shit. <laughs> All right. Yeah, don't fucking, fucking winkle about Zuckerberg. But if they do, you'll own most of the Bitcoin. It's on so, the fucking record right now, ten fifteen on a fucking Monday that I said this shit. There we go. All right. By the All way, right. ten fifteen. We're making good time. Okay, Hell we're yeah. almost done though. Okay, so Cecilia's talking to the police and she tells them that she doesn't know anything. It's not her problem, and they're gonna charge her with harboring a criminal if she doesn't tell though. Yeah, they're bluffing. I think though. I mean, they don't yes, know, but they also. This is the biggest case I've ever fucking had in New Hampshire. It also makes a lot of sense when you put it together. Pamela Smart, she's being cold. She went ahead and like completely 
betrayed the cops and spoke to the media. Yeah, like, she fucking called Channel 9, and that's the fucking station she got, she got rejected from. And, mm-hmm. like, had this big-ass interview with this douchebag reporter, like, about... And I love that mentality, because it's, like, who goes from being, like, a widow on the news to being, like, the news anchor? Right, that's what I'm fucking saying, <laughs> That's, dude. like, never how anyone has ever been discovered for their career. She even dressed up like a fucking anchor, like, very 80s, very 80s anchor. And, you know, that's also a very 80s profession, wanting to be a news anchor, I oh, think. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Because nobody today is like, oh, my God, I can't wait to be on the fucking uh, Fox 11 News, because that's obsolete, bro. You got Twitter. The last I'm, person. Yeah. And I heard say that they wanted to be a news anchor actually is a news anchor. It's probably but this, so easy. When did that happen? 2001. Like, <laughs> that's when that happened. Um, so she says she has to go to driver's ad. And they're like, don't worry. We'll be talking to you again soon. Yeah, with her mom right there. Pretty intense. 100%. And then they get out. And Pam is sitting there. And Pam has been allowed to. Why is she allowed? I think that's movie shit. But that was the weirdest fucking thing. I'm like, me. is she like the cops come out and they see Pam being like, what did they ask you? Did they grill you? Oh, and I'm like, oh, God. I'm sorry. Did Pam escort every potential well, witness? I don't think that she. Station? I don't think she knows that they're on to her yet. At least not completely. Right. Because, like, she's just in her own little fucking world of, like, glamour and shit. She finally got her husband killed. Like, oh, my God. Like, she's not realizing that people are on her shit. Right. But it's also a little bit like, I don't know, like, if you suspect some some girl is a victim of Munchausen's by proxy and there's even a slight cir- circumstance that that might happen... Wouldn't you want to make sure her mom's not even in the building when you're questioning her oh, about this? Oh, yeah, no like, doubt. Because that it's is such a conflict weird. of interest yeah. for her to be there with this girl. So, especially when her mom's there, it's like, Pam, where do you fit into this equation, you clueless no moron? Fucking, so, yeah. Pam calls her mother in law and she's like, Hey, I was just thinking about you and Greg, and I just feel like I'm going out of my mind. Some days I feel like I'm not going to make it. Meanwhile, in the foreground, what's there? A fucking tall glass of orange juice. <laughs> I didn't even notice that shit. Oh, oh no, I did notice. You know what? I did notice that. I'm, I'm like, I'll bitch, it's noon. Why do you have a tall glass of right, orange juice? Yeah. And, I and mean, honestly, the audacity, though, too, like to call the mom, like after you had her fucking son murdered and just express yeah. how, oh, you know, like I'm just so stressed out right now. Like, I know. Bro, the parents are not fucking dumb, dude. They know you didn't fuck with Greg no more. That's how I feel about like Lacey Peterson, though, like Scott Peterson's wife yeah. and like her whole family. Like they were all so close and they rode for him. And yeah. like, granted, let's let's be real. Like her, his family, Greg's family is not riding for Pam. No, they are not. They basically are like being casually supportive from afar. See, but like Pam's not getting dropped off casseroles or being yeah, like. Yeah, no. And I know? hate to keep bringing up the fucking OJ case, but it's the same shit. How he was all up on the jock, you know, of the family, went to the funeral and everything. Everyone knew right. that he was fucking on that shit. You know what I mean? So that's just how, that's just how it is. You know, it's crazy shit. Yeah, it's fucked, man. I don't know. I'm not comfortable with it. She's crazy. Yeah. So Ray's at the party is bragging about how he was in the getaway car. He says that as they were driving off, he started saying, shoe fly, don't bother me, just to get Billy's mind off of the murder he committed, which, like, what a dumbass. Like, this, everyone knows this dumbass who's like, oh, I'm going to get your mind off of this. Like, I'm going to sing a fucking nursery rhyme. Like, you're an idiot. Yeah, no. They, uh, these All these kids are fucking dumb. And I think that was, like, the point of making them live in a fucking, you know, trailer park community, like trying to accentuate the fact that, like I said, they're like dirt poor, uneducated. 
I, I wouldn't even be surprised if they didn't fucking live in a trailer park community in real life. You know what I mean? Well, I have to tell you, like... I think that's part I don't, of the... There's, trailer parks are very rare from what I know, but they do exist in our part of the country. Like, I remember seeing, like, a trailer park in a town nearby mine, and I was like, yo, we have these right. here? Right, but like I said, I think this is just to accentuate the, you know, the... The socioeconomic kind of no, there's a total like disparity between right. what they're no all living doubt. with, for and sure. it's it's all throughout this movie, you know, like and that's you know maybe it's the lifetime thing, maybe it's just you know it's trying to get the point across to people watching. I don't know because, but also New Hampshire can be really really rural. It can be really. really rural and it can also be very poor. Maine is also like can have a lot of like I mean people are going to take issue with this. But a lot of people tend to think like, oh, New England, it's really like fancy and nice. No, like there's plenty of areas that are very like underdeveloped, rural. rural. So would they have like we're feral, not far from Appalachia, honey? Hogs running around. We've got feral hogs. You have no <laughs> idea what we have. I need to know more about my feral hogs. Thirty to fifty feral hogs in yeah. three to five minutes. You find that up there in Augusta, huh? Like. Along with the lobsters, the one feral my, lobsters running around. One of my favorite fucking tweets someone tweeted about this was like just thinking about the emotional toll it would take to kill thirty to fifty feral hogs like every time it, like a my short children want to play. Like, where you just fucking have a shot of the kids playing with fucking <laughs> the catching fireflies in a jar, and all of a sudden in the distance, panned out to the left, you hear. <laughs> And then, like, your fucking dad stands up from his fucking chair with sweet tea. And he's like, oh, they're coming again. Better go get the fucking rifle away there. Well, what kind of life is that to live, though? That, like, within three to five minutes, sorry, within three to five minutes of your children being outside, 30 to 50. Do they have, like, a fucking hog call or something where they all just, you know, fucking uh, They can convene? smell the kids. They can smell they the can kids s- having fun in the yard. Like, and- cold-blooded, murderous creatures <laughs> and smell the pig with sharks? Well, that's the thing. Is like That sounds like a national crisis. They thrive off of fucking chill. They smell the warmth of the children's blood? Like, what the fuck? That sounds like a thing that in another country they'd be like, you won't believe what happened when 30 to 50 feral hogs, like, it'd be Do like... Do they all come charging over, like, a hill? Or is it just like... Do, are they, like... Walking around outside, and then they're like, "Oh shit, the kids are out. Let's go yeah. fuck them up." It would be like South American town ravaged by feral hogs. Like that's it would have to be like it would be a news story about what, how they had to kill all these feral hogs. <laughs> Who does somebody own? These are feral. Like these are wild. Basically. Yeah, and also, but also, how quickly could they possibly multiply? That's what I'm. That's exactly the point that I brought. Like, you, I'm you right. How long does it not be? to mention uh, the whole argument of this guy's tweet was that you know, hey, I need an assault rifle to fucking scare him away. You don't think one fucking blast of a 12 gauge is gonna make these pigs go in the other direction like um, oh shit we better get the fuck out of here pigs it takes 121 days for a pig to have a baby 121 days what is that fucking like four months yeah it's a long time that's like almost a human yeah well it's like half yeah like half the gestation period of a female pig is 114 days how many pigs do you have at once God damn! They must they, honestly. It's oh like, look, they have a pig gestation calculator. You know what it is? It's like <laughs> it's 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 fucking colonization. That's their fucking land. They've been there for generations. Obviously. I feel that way too. That's what I'm saying. These Holy feral shit. pigs. Like, Sorry. Okay. okay yeah. Sorry for the feral pig rant. Okay, so well, one of the guys at the party, a ginger, he's listening to this, and oh, it's not yes. sitting well with him, honey. No, he's fucking like, what the fuck? This idiot's just over here talking this. Sh- 
Honestly, if I was at a party like that, I'd be like, ah, this is bullshit. This guy's talking out of his ass. You know? 100%. Right. I would never, I, especially that guy, but I'd be of like. Of course, leave it to the fucking ginger to be a snitch, right? No, but that guy truly, though, like the guy, no, Raymond's a snitch. Let's not blame our ginger. Right, our ginger, ginger hero, because he was the one who did the right thing. We would have never been where we are today without this boy. Okay. And also, they probably only cast him as a ginger because if he looked like another one of these. You need some type White of diversity. Brunette boys. And they weren't going to. Hey, they'd be damned oh, if they're going to cast if they a threw Mexican an a- in this if movie. If they threw an Asian in, if this, if this ginger boy was played by an Asian guy, totally different movie at this oh, time. Oh, no doubt. This is. Yeah, no. This is not. The, no foreign exchange student is going to New Hampshire. <laughs> Trust me. And that would be the plot. Oh, he would be a foreign exchange right. student. Fucking, yeah, you know how, yeah, hell no. They, they, foreign exchange <laughs> students, they go to fucking L.A., New York, or like some big city. Why do you think that 70s show had a fucking character named well, no. Fez? They have, which they stands have... for foreign exchange student. <laughs> there's, that, there's that. No, I mean, like, there's foreign, ex- my, well, we had a foreign exchange student at my school who was a Nigerian princess, and she tutored me in math. No fucking way. Yaside. Shout out Yaside if you're listening to this. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, Shout out Yaside. She literally was quite... from Nigeria. Really? Yeah. That's right. So you have five adopted brothers? I have three adopted brothers from okay. Nigeria. Yeah. So, yeah. So like, I thought it was five. It's thing. not no, cool. I have it's five not... siblings in total. Yeah. Not That's as cool. Sorry. That's sick though. Three yeah. adopted siblings from Nigeria. From Nigeria, right. My dad and are they, I... Are they related? No, no. They're just like, you know, three... Randoms. Randoms. <laughs> <laughs> Three of them, we just fucking went through the catalog. And no, I'm just kidding. That's fucked up. Never, no. But um, yeah. So basically, a family friend of ours uh, through a church that you know we used to be a fucking members of back when I was a kid. Um, like they they have connections to this fucking orphanage out in Nigeria, and so we went on a trip there, and just my dad, you know, great guy, you know, yeah, save a hoe. So he fucking was like, let's, let's adopt. And there we go. I love that. Yeah, of course. And I feel like that's some real brother shit when you can call call your dad Captain Sabo. Yeah, no doubt. And the reason I do that is because like my dad, it's just, he, it was, it was about him, you know, feeling like a good dude. That's oh, really, really what it was about. Yeah. I, I, those but it are my worked brothers. out for the better Absolutely. plan, right? Exactly. Exactly. But it, I mean, so yeah. did you get them all at this is not this did is, get them all Did at you once. get them all at once? Did you uh, adopt all three children at yeah, once? Yeah, we did. We adopted all so basically we went in I'm June. only not like asking names and stuff because it's not they didn't ask to be on a podcast. Oh but, yeah, no worries. Their yeah. names are Gabriel and Gideon and James. So okay. there you go. <laughs> You're like uh, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> no. Um but so basically uh, we went in June of 2008. Uh, I had two siblings, biological siblings, uh, living at my house back in Texas. I had a fucking six-year-old sister and a, like a nine-month-old brother. And so within fucking less than a year, we went in June, April of next year, we brought home the three, uh, three, my three brothers from Africa. And so it was a big change, you know, at the time, big fucking adjustment and whatnot. Um, and was your mom there? Yeah, yeah. Was my mom? Did she come with you too? No, it was me and my dad. My so mom was ended she up going afterwards. I would love no. a movie where she was surprised by your dad coming home with three new sons. No, 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 it was a process. Like we we came home and eventually, what happened was, is one of my brothers, uh, and was actually like our last day in Africa. And he asked my dad if uh, he could take him home with him. 
And oh so my, my dad just felt like fucking just damn like because I can't imagine like I didn't understand it back then, but looking back like now, holy shit! Like how that could you say it. no to that? Right. If you had the means to do it, exactly. how could you exactly. say no to that? And I wouldn't exactly say that we had the means, but we 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 made had, it work. We made it work. Right, right. And so yeah, it, it, it was. Those are obviously like. I grew up with those dudes. Like those are my real brothers. I consider them my real brothers at this point. Like, and obviously they are my real brothers. But how old were you? I was eight. Okay. They were twelve. Uh, oh, that's a 10, lot. And the youngest one was five. So it was a lot. It's not like we were bringing infants. You know what I mean? No, I know. Especially like it's so my my family. My mom. This is like obviously very different. My mom got married to this guy. Like. After not very long, yeah, like two weeks, and like they were engaged, and I met his kids for the first time. I was twenty years old, right, and they were thirteen, ten, and six. Yeah, hell no. And like, even I just was like thinking for them. I'm like, isn't this weird for you? Right. It was, and it was a lot for me too because yeah. my whole fucking life up to that point had been like Dylan you're the oldest you know like you you're in charge see that fucks with you the birth order getting taken away it does it really does and it it wasn't honestly it didn't affect me in a way as much as I thought it was affecting me at the time um that's true and not like not only that these dudes they looked up to me you know what I mean like it's not like I didn't feel like I was younger than yeah. And, you know, like, I, I, there, it was an instant connection. There was a lot of rough patches in terms of, like, the adjustment to the culture. Because, I mean, over there in, in Nigeria, there is no respect for women. Right. So it was hard for my mom, too, because my dad would be working. And my mom became a stay-at-home mom. She left her job as an esthetician and became a stay-at-home mom. And they were just honestly treating her like shit in whatever way a fucking 12-year-old and 10-year-old could. Yeah. Um, and it was hard for me to watch. And, you know, it was just... And that's old enough to, like, show a fair amount of sure. disrespect if you want. Sure, you know no what doubt. I mean? And it didn't, it it didn't get hurt. better until they, honestly, until we were about, you know, 16, 17. Because that's when it really, that's when they really it just clicked for them. You know, like, oh, you know, shouldn't be doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean... Uh, it was, it was an adjustment and, you know, obviously we made it work, you know, like it's not, it's, we did it for them. We didn't do it for, you know, us. We didn't do it for like recognition. Didn't do it for any like sense of fucking, at least like for me, it wasn't about, you know, anything right. like that. You know, I wasn't, you were kid, I wasn't you were like Madonna or fucking Sandra Bullock. Well, yeah. You couldn't be, you were a <laughs> yeah, child, you know, I mean? you, know yeah. you like, and that's yeah. a big, you have to be a generous child to do that too. Right. I was an only child. So. I don't think I would have. I would have fucking hated that when I was a kid. Absolutely. Right. Damn. Right. And it was a lot too. Um, and this is the last thing I'll mention. It's just the fact that um, I come from a family. So my dad is um, Hispanic. You know, mm-hmm. like my mom is white. Mm-hmm. My dad's Hispanic. Uh, we have like my dad's like is where I get my. I'm basically a mutt. You know, I have Cameroonian descent. I have mm. fucking um, like native, like Aztec, like native Mexican descent. Mm. And then like a handful of different fucking West African and European descent. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's like being able to see what it's like growing up in the community where like some of my ancestors came from over there where my fucking brothers like were born. It was just yeah. like, what the fuck? You know, like I'm so like, privileged you know and like it's crazy to me to think that like i can admit that i have some sort of privilege as an american and there's mm-hmm. people that are you know white privilege and don't fucking like it's not it doesn't even click to them you know what i mean oh yeah no for sure not for sure not yeah. i actually like i'll be totally honest like 
I don't think I understood that concept at all until like maybe five or six years ago. But even then, like, oh, hey man, I still did. it updates every day. No doubt. Where I'm like, oh, that's okay. That's my privilege. Okay, that's privilege. Seeing it in other people, but also recognizing it myself, it's difficult. Exactly. You know, like, because, dude, it's a real thing, and it's not just white privilege, man. It's There's such thing as fucking Hispanic privilege and, you know, anything like that. Because if I walk into a store... American with brothers, privilege yeah. is very real, well, that's too. The thing too. Like, like, we walk to other... I go into other countries and don't know much of the language at all, but everywhere I go, they speak my language. There's Right. And there's a different type of... It's a different thing where, like... I walk into a store with a white friend. Who are they going to be looking at? They're going to be looking at me. Mm -hmm. But I walk into a store with one of my black friends. They're not going to be looking at me anymore. They're going to be looking at them. So Mm -hmm. everyone has a different level of some type of fucking privilege. And it's just when you recognize that and you learn to, you know, not be like a a white savior. Because that's like, that's that's fucking using white privilege in a way that you're not. Exactly. But just let me direct my white privilege towards someone else. Yeah. 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 No, it's. Yeah. But. That's hmm. that's a little bit of my story, my perspective. Yeah. JR's dad is the one that turned them in. This kid came to him and said, you know what? That gun killed this man. The dad picked it up and was like, it's freshly cleaned. I'm taking it in. Yeah. And that's like, you know, we were saying this a little bit. I've always, my mom raised me to know that if I ever hurt someone or something like that, she absolutely would call the police on me. Yeah, my uh, my dad raised me that way. My mom and I are kind of like best friends. So it's in, that's maybe not the healthiest dynamic to have. No, um, I think it's normal. And by the way, like, do I think my mom would have actually called the police? Well, I think that that's something that you say, you know, right, like, you know, that's right. what you say to scare the but shit you out of your kid. look deep into it, my mom would do everything she could to help me get out of that situation absolutely absolutely. can't say the same about my dad (laughs) yeah Yeah, i mean like also like i didn't i only had my mom so like i basically like her job was to play like bad cop but also like low-key she was good cop yeah no, you know like she had she had big words to like scare the shit out of me which worked yeah i was such a good kid when i was in her house yeah so um, Pam is painting her nails on her bed when the news comes on with an update. All three boys who are part of the murder were arrested in Seabrook. There was an unconfirmed report that a fourth person, a female companion who drove <laughs> another vehicle, may also be arrested. Pam lays awake knowing that her life is about to completely fucking fall apart. She can't sleep that night. And then Cecil- Cecilia and her mother um, get to the police station. She's ready to cooperate with the cops. They put a wire on her and they tell her to act natural. All they're going to do is proceed with conversation like they normally would. Right. And this so is, this is an interesting way. They, like, are, you think wires are kind of obsolete now? You think anybody uses wires? No, I think they for sure use wires still. Damn, I feel like the, you, then you're fucked because, I mean, like any movie I've seen where it's like been like, you know, like a drug cartel, they're like, oh, check them for a wire. What the fuck? The cops are outside. They're not going to bust in. You're like, you're fucked. You're basically putting your life at risk. Yeah, no, for sure. Like, you only really go in wearing a wire if you yourself are going to, like, be saddled with the crime. Yeah. If not. Like, you yeah. only go in with a wire when it's, like, you or the thing, which is so interesting that the way that the police, like, leverage and use and it's scared weird too, people. Because like, there's so many ways around it. Like, you've seen The Wolf of Wall Street where fucking Jordan Belford, Leonardo DiCaprio, literally writes on a post-it note. I'm wearing wire. And the only reason that he got caught was because he fucking didn't destroy the paper. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, there's so many ways around it. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, there's a lot of ways around it, boo. But I will tell you, I think the wire thing, one thing I was thinking about that is they must have just gotten a lot better at it. Oh, hell yeah. I'm sure. And probably it's not like an actual wire. Maybe it's no. just like a little mic. 
they tape on you now, you know, like Bluetooth shit. It's the future. They can probably send you in with something like sewn into your jacket. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, so she's in the bathroom at school crying. She wets her face with water and she decides she's ready to go through with it. So the cops load into a van. The boys have agreed to take the deal. That was, um, you know, the scene where Pam was surprised she got arrested, all of that. Like, she genuinely seemed surprised. I, I just think that, like, it was her, it's her narcissism, man. Like, she's like, I can't believe somebody would turn me in. I can't believe this and that. I thought he trusted these kids. Mm-hmm. Bro, all these kids needed was a fucking plea deal. Like, you know, like, hey, man, if you do this, we won't fucking send you to death, basically. You know what I mean? Like, or whatever the equivalent for a 15-year-old of that would be. Because these kids are still getting 25 years. They were going to do life. So basically what they got was they got 30 years mm-hmm. um, and then 12 years off if um, if they applied for it or if they qualified for it. So instead of life, they would get maybe 18 years, which in, in fact, they all did. They yeah. all got off by now. So I wonder if the other two. So they got deals also after the fact. They negotiated other deals, I believe, um, which is one of the things that Pam Smart is still complaining about to this day where all those guys were able to negotiate their deals later. She still she says that she wishes she had either gotten the death penalty or that she had um, been like was able to like sort of reappeal her sentence. But right, yeah. I think just like it was just about a year ago that the New Hampshire court denied her um, application to not have it be a she would still she wouldn't be exonerated but basically it would be a lesser crime so that she could be able to maybe get parole right but this woman shouldn't be out a day in her life no hell no this is like she knew what she was doing you know what i mean like you're a grown adult at this point it's like charles manson like you said you didn't pull the trigger but you did the crime exactly that's exactly what it's like it's very charles manson and also like you know she's someone that like i didn't read anything about her having like prison boyfriends or anything like that like yeah. sometimes you hear about you know conjugal usually visits you hear and shit yeah conjugal visits or even just like a pen pal she is she seems to be like laser focused on something and i don't she's not right she just wants to stay relevant i think like yeah. immediate like that's always been her dream is being fucking relevant well because that's the other thing too is she's so pissed about the way the nicole kidman movie ended which is what reminds me of once upon a time in hollywood where i guess in that in that version of the movie pam smart's character character gets out of jail and then they kill her and they freeze her in a lake and then all the kids ice skate on her body and that's like how the movie ends that's pretty sick yeah i know right and she's like people watch that movie and they think it's real and i'm like i'm pretty sure everyone knows that you're not frozen in a lake not to mention your real name it's based off of your story you know what i mean right so Billy breaks down when the prosecution asks him if this is the knife that was held in front of greg smart's face he explains that we killed greg with the gun Greg's parents are a wreck in court. And then Billy just is like, I mean, he's a wreck. And Pam's just looking at him like dead faced. And it's not cold dead faced. It's just nothing. Like, it's not even like I'm mad at you. So I'm mad dogging you or anything. She is, again, like she could literally be just like you point someone at a wall and like you block off sound and the way they stare at that wall. That's how she's looking at it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So... Um, later on the trial, the jury is returned with the verdict. They charge her guilty of being an accomplice to murder in the first degree. Everyone's Everyone overwhelmed. Goes fucking nuts. They're hyped. Except for Pam, who doesn't move an inch. Nope. Not she at doesn't all. put her hands on her face. She's in shock. She doesn't move at all. I mean, is she in shock or does she even care? I just think, I, I honestly think that it's it's like she's so narcissistic that she's in shock that she like 
this even happened to her? Like, how could this happen to her? Like, she's still talking about it to this day. Like, how come I can't get a pew? Look, I'm this, that, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, that's what it is. Because even, like, OJ looks relieved when he's not convicted. Even Casey Anthony looks relieved. Or, you know, or, like, or people, like, will cry for themselves because they're scared. But she just straight up, like, didn't do anything. Um, Where this movie ends is that it looks like basically the entire fucking town um, has driven up to be a part of this funeral you know where they all have like the same fucking rows in their car and and i'm like yo can anyone carpool like it turns out it's just the whole ass family yeah but, like, not to mention like i wonder if that was really his gravestone mm, it was very tacky i did notice that yeah it was a very tacky it had the real dates on it and shit too though so like i was like maybe but like if that was his real shit and like maybe kind of out of taste a little bit. Yeah, I don't think it was. I feel like it must have been a fake. So we're going to do what we always do here. And that's our scale. So what is your favorite movie of all time? You think the best movie ever made? <sighs> you want the cliche one or do you want like. I want what's in your heart. Cliche. Uh, the best movie ever made. God damn it. This is a hard one. Okay, or, I just, I, I'm a movie guy. That's the thing. Like, I'm a cinema fucking connoisseur. Okay, or we can do it this way. What is your favorite murder movie? Okay, favorite murder movie. No Country for Old Men. Okay, I've never seen it, but I love that. Oh my God. Okay, yeah. so No Country for Old Men is a one. On what? On this scale. It's the best okay, one. It's the, best. it's the most like a real movie. Okay. And then a number five is the most like a Lifetime movie. And by that, I mean like what people consider to be true of a Lifetime movie. Like kind of corny. Corny, like, you know, maybe not the best. Made in two weeks. Okay. Made in Canada on a budget. Because this definitely was made very short because it happened fucking six months after the murder this movie came out but we also have the fact that this is a older lifetime movie which means that it was a movie of the week which means that it took a lot longer to make oh that's true and there was like you know they did some good casting here they got like real actors that people knew from tv at the time and that's like, you know, back when they used to get like Melissa Joan Hart or Tiffany Amber Thiessen or right. like those people to be in movies that was like, oh, I'm tuning in partially because I just like love that girl from 90210, right, but also because right. that new story was bomb. Right. Right. So these movies are a little bit harder to do because in some ways they are the most lifetimey because they're older and like lamer for that reason. Sure. But also they're some of the hardest because they're pretty well made there's a lot of care that went into this right so on a scale of old country to good men to the most lifetimey of lifetime movies would you give this acting closer to a one or a five the acting a one a one you think this is like peak acting i i just don't think it's terrible okay we're gonna give it a three okay cool no let's give it a two okay it was pretty great. Uh, yeah, okay. right. Believability of the world and characters. So this was based on a true story. So for the most part, it's pretty believable. But there are some things that they do to this world to make it a little bit more like, hmm. A little I'm, bit more Hollywood. A little bit more Hollywood to the point that it's like, n- people aren't like that. But like. N- oh, okay. I get what you're saying. Yeah, you know no, what I, I mean? Agree. Like sure. People aren't really like that. Like for me, this is like a two because it, it is real. It's based on real life. But it's not 
Maybe like a, There's yeah, like some a, stuff that's like, like a two or like a two and a half even. Okay, let's give it a two point five. Okay, perfect. Creative use of words to avoid censorship. You called out one of them earlier where the guy was like, "Can oh, it? Oh, she can told it? Me can it? Yeah." So that's a great example because normally, like that would be in a movie, like "Shut the fuck up." You know what's crazy but though they is have that to make it commercial. Like when Greg was drunk talking to his dad, though he said, "All she's been doing is bitching at me all night." Bitching's fine. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, then yeah. Then there is definitely some censorship in there because let's do, let's is give like, it a two. Let's give it a two. Okay. It's not crazy. Sure. Dialogue. See, this is a little bit more 50-50 for me. Yeah, for me, this is like a three or this four. Was a little poorly written, I think. Okay, let's give it a four just because we're okay. gonna this thing's carrying itself. Wardrobe. Okay, so the wardrobe wasn't like typically on these lifetime movies when they shoot in two weeks. If the movie's not based on a true story, the clothes like literally look like someone went to TJ Maxx and just swept up the sale rack and then got to set and saw who fit in what. Yeah, I, I think that uh, the the guy with the best outfits was definitely Billy, but he wore three outfits the entire movie, and one right. of the outfits he wore in five scenes accounted. Right. So wardrobe, I think, was kind of shitty because nothing stood out to me. Maybe the hair was the biggest thing. Was that would that count That's as wardrobe? That's its own category. Okay, right. So wardrobe, let's give it a let's give Maybe it a three. three. Okay, and then hair and makeup. Um, is its own category. I will say that I didn't see anything like super overdone or super crazy. It was no, more just yeah. like typical an acknowledgement of like the like makeup at the time. I want to say like let's give this a two. Okay, yeah. Okay, so music. Now, music refers to like were there bangers in it, no. or is it like was it really noticeable? Was it really jarring? And I will say that the m- music in this kind of drove me nuts. Like the heavy metal I don't that like they that used, shit. Yeah. it was like it was a little bit overdone. I was like, we get it. They love heavy heavy metal, right? And I think that was the whole point of the movie is trying to get just to understand that they do like. Let's give it a four because they were really heavy handed with it. Okay, crying. Now, when I talk about crying in a Lifetime movie, I mean, like, the thing that's really overdone to, like, prove a point, and it's not really about, like, an, an emotional finesse. Yeah. Like you said, there was only one scene of crying. It's it was, Pam's mom. Or, no, sorry, Greg's mom. But it was also Gave me the Billy. good... Billy tried crying. Oh, Billy. Billy, yeah, okay. So, Billy was, like, I think, real. The, when Greg's, Greg's mom, mom came in, she was like, screaming. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was That's terrible. a lifetime cry. I think that's, like, this was, like, a, a four for me. Yeah, no, it was garbage. Victimization of the female character. So, lifetime <laughs> is television for women. Oh, yeah. So, typically, like, all of the, the female characters in a lifetime movie, even if they are the evil character, they have something sympathetic about them. So, this is something that we have to look at carefully because this isn't typically, like, you know, I don't know if you would necessarily say Pamela Smart was victimized in any way in this, except maybe they portrayed her as being a little bit. Here's what I daft. will say about the victimization of women in this movie: the police officers during their interrogation treated them like shit, especially homeless girl. So I was going to say, so the, to me, the main victim, female victim in this movie, was Cecilia, no and doubt. she was treated. throughout the entire movie just treated like meg from family guy 100 percent, or even worse than that like no one would put meg from family guy in the room with a murderer and be like don't tell meg like right i think cecilia for me i'm gonna give this a four because poor girl poor cecilia failure and or refusal to jump to a logical conclusion so this isn't a lifetime movie typically when we're like oh my god 
don't go up the fucking stairs or oh my god don't go on that vacation right. there with wasn't that guy any, like horror movie bullshit dumb dumb no it wasn't bad shit. i think this is like a one yeah it's not bad sure. dropped plot lines so this is where lifetime does its <laughs> magic because yeah. in a movie where we know the end of the plot they gave us stuff like the the homeless girl yeah that was there was I, no reason for us to not know no the mom you're right. Uh, yeah, what's her face's mom? Pam's mom. No. Where the fuck is Pam's family? Right. Um, where the fuck? What happened to Greg's siblings? What happened to Billy's mom? Where was where was his friends at the Where were his friends at the trial? Right. Right. Why didn't we get a little title card at the end that said all their sentences? Exactly. What did what did uh, fucking Jr.'s dad get in trouble? Or did Jr.'s dad like get off easy? Like, what's the situation? We've got there? a point right there. Because I agree. goddamn, like, yeah, what happened no to co- the goddamn media program that they just funded? What the fuck? Did they get to find a new teacher? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think so. Or and they this gotta- is the fucking early nineties, bro. Like, media is coming into fucking fruition. That shit probably still exists at that school. So I think we should give this a two, just because, or two point five, just okay. because they made drop plot lines happen in a world where they didn't. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But this font, though, this is our last category, font. Font? Yeah. Oh, very 80s. We're going to have to hit this with a hard five on that font. Yeah, no doubt. Because they really, this is where they gave us something to work with. No doubt. So, what is our score tonight? 36. 36? That is a fucking fat score. We are into season five. This is like mid-season five where we are right now. So, this is a pretty fat score. Okay, all right, 36, way to go. It may not mean anything to you now, and in fact, maybe in the grand scheme of things, it means nothing, but I started doing this, so we're never going to stop until, I don't know, maybe someone pays me a lot of money to do this. So the lower <laughs> the rating, the better the movie. The, uh, the higher the rating, the the worse the movie. Yeah, okay. I guess, yeah. <laughs> so what's been the best movie so far? What we're going so for is the most lifetimey. Okay, so this is the thirty-six on the lifetime scale. Yeah, and that's a that's a good score. That's a pretty we good. we like. I mean, I think the craziest one we ever had was probably like in the forties, okay, or maybe fifties. I think one time Ronnie, my friend, and I, Ronnie, did one drunk, okay, and we weren't like wasted, but we were drunk enough. Where we were like, Definitely oh, buzz. this fucking sucked. You, this you, hey, sucked. You were blasted, but you weren't comatose. In the words of Greg. (laughs) Exactly. I was blasted, but I wasn't fucking comatose. I love you, Dylan. El Ray. You can find him on Instagram. At El Ray. Yes. E-L-R-E-Y. And then you also uh, are just, what are you doing? Where can people find you? What can they do? And remember, this is going to air in three months. So think in the future. Right. (laughs) Fuck. Uh, What is three months from now? October? Yeah. What are you doing for Halloween? November. Uh, well, I'll be 20 by the time this comes out. So oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah, bro. One year closer to being No an longer a teen. Um, yeah, no, I'm hyped for that. But um, yeah, you can find me on social media at El Rey um, on everything pretty much that matters. Uh, so yeah, just fucking like my shit, dude. Like him. Support like him, my Hit him up. He's great. Shit. What a fun, clever, brilliant kid. We will have you Thank back you. at least one more time, I can tell you. Yeah, I'm so hyped. And we should talk about getting a podcast going just for you because I could listen to you talk all day. Yeah, dude. Honestly, me too. Okay. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Okay. Well, that's basically the qualification exactly. to be a podcaster. Exactly. Cool. All right. Well, thanks so much for doing this. And I guess this is the first episode in the new office. So if it sounds weird or you hear someone vacuuming or something like that, that's not Sammy's fault. It's mine. All right. <laughs> Bye, all right, guys. guys. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for doing this, dude.
Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.